way back. Marion, you're going to read Revelation 1.8, if you don't mind. And Marcus, if you could read Revelation 1.11. And then uh, Charles, Hebrews 5.9. Mike, 1 Corinthians 14.33. And then Michelle, John 1.9. The book of John, chapter 1, verse 9. And then Zach, if you could read Luke 22, 31, please. And then Donna, if you could read Hebrews 11, 1. And then John, I'm going to cut right down. John, if you could read 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Actually, actually John, if you could read 2 Corinthians 4, or just read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 1 through 6. And then Marianne, if you could read 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. Um, Charity, John chapter 10, verse 35. Kira, Romans 2, 13 through 15. Um, Cindy, you want to read? Hebrews 12. One, uh, let me see. I got one through tw- ten. That's a lot. Let's um. We'll read that together. I'll give you something else to read. Why don't you read Second Corinthians four eighteen? And then Tam, if you could read Romans four thirteen. And then Lori, if you could read Luke eighteen eight. Joe, could you read Romans 14, 23? Is Raven here? Oh, you're in the back. I couldn't see you. Raven, can you read for me Romans 16, 26? And then Tony, if you could read 2 Corinthians 4, 13. And Joe, I already gave you one, didn't I? Brian, you're the last one. You ready? I may not get to them, but... I, Galatians 3, 7, and 9, Brian. You got that? 7 and 9. All right, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Great time in the Lord this morning. I, I cannot stress the necessity that you, you need to read your Bibles. You need to read your Bibles. Not that you want to. Don't wait till you want to. You have to. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said, proceed it because it is a flowing, living word. You have to get it in you. It'll change your life. Linda, Linda uh, Arnshaw said to me two weeks ago that she said, you changed my life. I'm like, I like hearing that, but what did I do? She said, when you, when you said from the pulpit that everybody who's a Christian should at least memorize one verse. You should have one verse at least memorized, especially if you've been saved for any length of time, at least one verse. And she said, I've been a Christian for my whole life, and I didn't know any scripture. So she studied. Now she knows 39 of them. She has them memorized 39. And she said, in, in doing that, in memorizing 39, she said it has changed her life. She who is quiet and shy is now talking to everybody about Jesus and witnessing the people that she would never, it's changed her life. That's what the Word of God will do. It'll change your life. It'll stop being on the treadmill of the the little gerbil in the cage and think you're getting somewhere and your life is at at the finally end of it and you're like, I didn't get anything done in my life. 
And that's because you need to know the word of God. Tony said it very good. Tony, four, I would say four, four Psalms and one, one proverb. Uh, you'll, er, five Psalms a day. And one, well, you, if you get Psalms 119, that just one will be good on that day. But anyway, get the Bible in you, please. So with that said, chapter 12 of Hebrews, as God was just speaking to me today, and sometimes I just, I want to keep writing and writing and writing and writing. But I realize if I'm giving this on a Wednesday night, I can. I have to kind of, you can't. It just, it's just not enough time. But are you all there? Yeah. Chapter 12, uh, look in verse one, 1 with me, please. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now he's speaking about the chapter before. Chapter 11 is all about the men and women of faith that gave their lives and served God and were killed and murdered and about everyone that's in there. It's called the Hall of Faith. So he's talking about these that went on before us. He says that they were compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. He tells us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Now, there's two things, weight and sin. Either way, they're going to hinder you stop you from running the race that is before you. It's going to stop you from being the, the person that you, know, you want to be. And it's true, you do. Look what it says. It says, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We are, I don't want to say we're in a race because it's a marathon. It's for the rest of your life. Sometimes you walk, sometimes you, you sprint, sometimes you jog, but what you don't want to do is go backwards, amen? But anyway, that said, verse 2 is where we find our message. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your minds, you've not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. I want to stop and look at verse 2, where the message is, looking unto Jesus. I want you to pay close attention, the author, the author and the finisher of our faith. When you think about an author, what comes to your mind? Writer, writing. Jesus, who happens to be the Alpha and the Omega. Amen? Think about that. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He, as the Word of God, truly is the author of all faith, of all things. Now, I didn't give somebody a, a verse, but in Genesis 1.26, it says, Let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. And so, therefore, we know that he's the author, the beginning he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. But I like where he says the author of our and finisher of our, and finisher of our, finisher of our faith, Amen. of our faith. So he is the one that that has authored the book. He's the author of the book. You know the Bible tells us there's a book of life. The Bible tells us there's many books written, but there's one book that he's the author of, and it's of all existence. He is the the Word of God. He, but I want you to think about the, a book. It says he's the author and finisher. That means it's finished. The book's already written. It's already written. And, the, and we are in that book taking place of what's 
He's already written when he said, let us make man in our image. He already had the plan. The author has written in the book. That's why it says uh, 69 times it is written. It is written. And if it be written, it cannot be broken. Because it's written by the creator of all existence. The almighty Alpha and Omega, the beginning of God. When God spoke, Jesus spoke into existence the universe and the earth and everything in it. But when he came to us and our life that we're in, he wrote it. It's written down. And think about that. It's already finished. The book is written. You cannot add anything to it. You cannot take anything away from it. I want you to let that settle in your mind. But he is the author of our faith. He's also the finisher of our faith. Not only is the book written, but this book of life, and we are written in it, we are written in it by faith, because he's the author of our faith. And so therefore, it's a spiritual thing. And in this book of life, we are written in it by faith, and God has implanted, pay attention, God has given, God has implanted in every human being born, the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world, it's called faith. And every human being that the Creator has written, He has inserted something inside of a human being. It's called faith. And everybody has it. And I want you to think about this. As he is the Alpha and the Omega. Could you please read your verse? It's on. I hear it. Go ahead, turn it. Do you have the do you have the mute on? Revelation one eight. I am Alpha and Still Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Amen. Next verse, please hand it. I'm sorry, I didn't realize you had to hand it. Revelation one eleven. Saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Samaria, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Philly's in the book, I'm telling you. That's why he's an Eagles fan. Amen. God's an Eagles fan. Philly's in there. Now I want you to see that he said, write it in a book. What does an author do? He writes it. What is he called? The Word of God. His words are written, and the Word is eternal, cannot be broken. Uh, next verse, please. 1 Corinthians 14, th- I'm sorry, Hebrews 5, 9. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. He is the author of eternal salvation. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the author of creation. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the Word. He spoke it into existence and he wrote it down. And he said, if it is written, it cannot be broken. So we are already in this book of life. Are you in this book of life? You ever hear of the book of life? The Bible says, whosoever was not found written, written, written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Because faith gets you into the book. Amen? And every person that cometh into the world, God likes that person with faith. And they have something supernatural inside of them. Something God-given. It's inherently given to them by God. But not everybody gets in the book. Next verse, please. Okay. 
that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. That's exactly what I just said. That's the scripture says that God, Christ Jesus, says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word spoke into existence. It says, and the word became flesh. Jesus Christ, the author, pay attention, the author who's writing the book becomes in the book as a participant inside the book of life, just like us. Next verse, please. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. God's not the author of what? Confusion. So we know that, there's, that, that the book is written from the beginning to the end. It's already done, Lori, but there's confusion going on. There's things trying to confuse you. There's something that's trying to confuse you, Marianne. Confuse you, John. Confuse me. From what is written. Think about that. You already have the book written, correct? It's already the beginning and the ending. And the truth of the matter is, is we as participants in it, we as children of faith, who get by that faith, the Spirit of God enables us to know what the ending is. We actually know the endings, Cindy. We know what's going to happen at the end. Too many people get saved and they go right to the end. Like we kind of do. They go to the book of Revelation and try to find the end. But the truth of the matter is, is we are living in the end times right now. It's unfolding right in front of us. I want you to think about this for a second. Is that the light that lighteth every man that comes in the world, it's faith. And it seems so simple. Faith seems so simple, but yet it seems to be hidden or, or it's hard to secure. It seems to fall through our hands like sand does through our hands. People, God gave you inherent faith. He gave you faith inside of each and every human. But our faith somehow, for some reason, it should be simple to believe the author and the finisher. It should be simple to believe the creator, the maker of all things. But yet we don't. It like that faith that we have sifts right through our hands. Yes, Joe. I know. Look it up how many times it talks about written. Go look it up. Um, So think about this. It seems so easy, but yet it falls through our fingers. And I know faith must be in something. You can't just have faith floating around. That faith that God's given me has got to be in something. It's got to be in something stable. It's got to be in something concrete, something obtainable, something that you know that you can get, something foundational. You've got to have faith in something that you can... It's concrete and you can believe in it. And our faith must be in something or someone. Amen? And there is only one. There's only one. And we know that that's what we truly need. Our faith has to be in one thing, and that is Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher. He is the creator of all life itself. He has inherently put faith inside of each and every individual. That's why Peter and other places says, for God is not a respecter of persons. There's nobody that's different from anyone else. Every single body, person, child that's been born has faith in them. It's what do they do with that faith? And Jesus Christ is the author of the faith. He's the creator, the savior, the redeemer. And faith has and is a substance. Next verse, please. 
And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desire to have you, and that he may sift you as wheat. See, that's what he said. But the next verse, read the next verse. It says, but I have, go ahead. Okay, but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith all not, and when thou art coveted, strengthen thy brethren. But I prayed for you, that your faith fail not. Because Satan has desired to confuse you. Satan has desired to take that faith away. Because Satan, the, the, the God of this world, knows that by your faith enacted in the book, in the author of the book, will give you eternal salvation. It will give you access to God himself, the creator. Only by faith will you have that access. And so therefore he wants to cut that access off by taking away your faith. Sifting you, he said to Peter. The devil wants to sift you like, like wheat. But I pray for you that your faith fails not. And this is very important. Next verse, please. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Please pay attention. Try to get this. Hoped for. You have to be hoping for it. That means this. That means that, that there must be something inside of us. I'll say the word desire. There's got to be a desire in every person that's born as you grow, get a little older. I don't care if you're seven, eight, nine. There's got to be a desire of some kind of hope deep down in us, some kind of part in us that wants to know God. There's got, and, and, and I remember when I was a child, I didn't get saved till 31, but I remember when I was a child, and I remember walking home and I wouldn't step on the cracks because I didn't want to break my mother's back. Right? And I remember thinking that, like, oh no, God, don't let me break my mom's back. I don't want to hurt my mom. And I remember, I didn't know anything about Bible, but I knew that there was God. And, and as I grew and grew older, I would pray. And as I was in eighth grade, it was the first time I truly remember. I had my very first wrestling match. And our, and our wrestling coach would say, don't, don't fish out. Meaning, don't act like a fish on the ground, flopping around, and act like you're trying, but you're not. Right? You're giving up. And I remember my very first meet, I, met, I wrestled a guy, it's my very first time ever wrestling, and I wrestled a guy that's been wrestling his whole life, and he had me in a, in a full Nelson, and he had me, right? But I, I was acting like I was so tired. I was so tired. And I was acting like I'm kicking my feet trying, but I wasn't trying. I was like, I'm done, I'm done. And it haunted me. I was haunted. I was lying in bed going, I quit. I quit. I fished out. I remember that time. never forget. I cried out, Father. And I remember. I said, Father, I'm, not, I'm praying. I'm not asking you to, for me to win. I'm just asking you to, that I'll do my best. And I never forget that. And I was eighth grade, and I never lost another meet, another match. And that was because God told me, just do my best. And God, I didn't ask to win. I just said, let me do my best. I'll tell you what, you'd be surprised with your faith the best that you can do. You will be blown away if you, with your faith, the best that you can do. You'll never lose. You, you'll never lose again. You'll say, what? I'm telling you, what did Jesus say about faith? He said, if you really had it, you could move mountains. Amen? You could cast out devils out of it. So the faith is so important and it's needed because the author of the book wrote in, faith has to have it. Faith, you must have faith in the author. And that what's going on in the creator. So something deep down in us has to, like that, that hope. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
So I believe that those people that separates those people that get to know God and those people that don't get to know God is because they had a desire to know God. Everyone has faith. But certain people have to have a desire inside of them to want to know God. I don't care where they are. I believe if you're in Tibet, I believe if you're a Muslim monk, Sikh, Jehovah Witness, I don't care what you are, and you're on the top of a mountain by yourself, and inside of you, something in you knows that there is a God. And you're crying out, where are you? I want to know you. I know this to be true. God will send you one of his servants to tell you the truth of the gospel of your salvation. And because that's what it takes. Next verse, please. Second Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. Yes, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believeth not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of knowledge to the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I want you to notice a lot of things there. If you guys uh, write that down, go back and look at it later. But it, it, it tells us in this, in this that it is if this light of the truth of the Creator... If this manifestation of the truth is hidden from anyone, that they can't see it, it's because the God of this world has blinded their minds, confused them, and made them believe something else. Because everyone has faith. And faith makes you believe something. Amen? Amen. And everybody believes something. And if you will take that faith and believe in God and His Word, He will manifest Himself to you. And you'll know Him. And he'll know you. But you can't fool him by just saying, I believe. Because it's what the heart man believes. And God has made it that way. The author has put it in writing that it's only by that faith can you know him. And it's only by that faith can you have access to him. And only by that faith will he manifest his presence to you. I have had the creator, the author, the omega, the alpha and the omega manifest himself to me. I have, he has revealed himself to me in different times of my life, very, very plain, very, very plain. I've heard his voice audibly, visibly, not visibly, I haven't seen it. I don't know what word to use. I've heard it. I mean, I met him. He's real and he spoke to me. And when that happens to you, whether it be in your heart, whether it be in your spirit, whether it be through manifestation, you'll never, ever forget it. And that's fact. And so when you read that chapter, he tells us a lot in there that he read, but I want you to realize when, when, that it is the, the, um, the God of this world that blinds the minds of them that believe not. Unless, he says, if he didn't do it, the light of the glorious gospel 
of Jesus. The light of the glorious gospel of the author. The light of the glorious gospel of the creator. The manifestation of God, the creator who spoke everything into existence. He's the author of everything, Tony. He's the whole book. And he is written in the book that you must have faith to know him. And he's manifested himself through the sun and the stars and the moon. He's manifested himself through creation of animals and, and manifested himself in the hearts of men. And he's given men like myself being a witness that he is. He is. He is. He was resurrected from the dead. That's why in Revelation he says, I am he that was dead and is alive forevermore. Because he literally became part of his book. And he was in it. And that's why he said, it is written and it cannot be broken. And the word of God can never be broken. We need to have faith in it, read it, and know that this is real. And watch your faith grow. Because there's so many different levels of faith. Little faith, much faith, great faith, amen, no faith. And we know that there's a devil who's real, that darkness is real, and he's out there trying to confuse you so you won't have the faith. Who's got the next verse? Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. And the Lord direct your hearts unto the love of God and into the patient Waiting for Christ. That is not the verse. First Thessalonians 3, 5. Well, either I'm wrong or you're wrong. Hold on. I'm getting there. First Thessalonians 3, 5. Um, for this cause, when I would no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you. Yeah, you're, I figured you were in the wrong one. First Thessalonians 3 5. It's okay. No biggie. All right. I'll try it again. Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our laborer be in vain. See, that's, this is a real thing. He said, Apostle Paul, his, his disciples that he made and, and started churches, he went his way and he was worried about him and concerned about him. So he sent one of, he sent Timothy, he sent one of his, his, his men to go check on them to make sure their faith is okay because he knows that the tempter, the devil's out there to tempt you not to believe, to tempt you not to believe. So you're either going to follow God and believe or you're going to follow the devil and not believe. That's all you have. It's the only choice you have. You're either going to trust the creation of all things, or are you going to trust a liar? Because the Bible says only a fool says in their heart, there is no God. You have to be every human being, from Adam to the last one, all believe in a God. They might have different things that they think it is, but they know one's out there. Because it's inherently instilled in the heart of every being, faith, that there's something. And Jesus Christ is the only way. He's the creator. He's the author of it all. And you've got to put your faith in him and what he did. It's, you know, this faith that he's given us is activated. Think about this. The faith is activated by the seed of God, the word of God, the gospel of our salvation. And this faith that we have must be cultivated. It's got to be strengthened. It's got to be exercised. We all have little faith. Can I get an amen? 
some, we have some faith in, because we believe in many things. We believe in elevator. We get in, it's going to take you up. And you're not, you know what I mean? You sit on a chair. We all have faith. But the faith that you have has got to be cultivated. It's got to be strengthened. It's got to be exercised. So that faith will influence us to listen, to learn, and to grow. Like that mustard seed, Jesus said. He said, if you had faith like a mustard seed. And the big thing about a mustard seed is when it grows, nothing can stop it. I've seen pictures in, when you look it up, you can look it up for yourself about mustard seed and on the internet and in, in the books, it'll show a, a, a tree that grew out of a wall and it'll show a, a, a mustard seed that they cemented over and made a sidewalk and the mustard seed grew underneath and it cracked the cement and came through. Nothing's going to stop that mustard seed. You know what I mean? That's why he said, if you had faith like a mustard seed, it's going to grow and nothing's going to stop it. Amen. No devil's going to stop it. Not a life, not a death, not principalities or powers, not bad things happen in your life, not good things happen in your life, not a divorce, not a, 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 a financial crash, not your car being, you know what I mean? No, whatever this life can throw at you, if you have real faith, it's not going to stop it. And that's what the author wrote. So the next verse, please. John ten thirty five. Um, if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. Ooh, there you go. The scripture cannot be broken. Did I give anyone Romans ten seventeen? No? Yes? Speak. Romans 10, 17, 10, 17 says, For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And that's why it says, how shall we hear without a preacher? And so therefore, when this faith has to be cultivated, it has to be strengthened, it has to be exercised, so it'll influence us, right? That faith to listen, to learn, to grow like that mustard seed. For faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's how that, the, the, the author instilled faith in us. And that faith is always there, but it's the Word of God that comes in and enacts it. Does that make sense? It comes down and it sparks it. It comes down and makes that faith able to do something. And that faith is always by the Word of God. And that's why some people have it and other people don't. There's many people that have never heard the Word of God. And the only reason they haven't, because that desire I told you about, they don't desire to know God. If anyone, I don't care who they are, where they are. If they desire to know God, the Creator will send someone to, that, to give them the light of the glorious gospel. Amen? Now I want you to think about how it said, did I give someone Romans chapter 2? Please read that. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves. Which show the work of their law, which, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts being the mean, while accusing or else excusing one another. I love this verse. I want you to pay attention if you can. You go home. It says, "Which show the work of the law written in their hearts." It says, "Their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts." The meanwhile, excusing or else excusing one another. 
See, he's talking about when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things that are contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves. So when you ask, what about this person? What about that person? The the, the guy in Africa that everyone wants to talk about, they're all concerned about the, the kid in Africa, but they're not concerned about themselves. They all say, what about the person in Africa? What about the person in India? It's never heard. God's telling you that everyone has that faith written in their hearts. It's called a conscience, amen? Do you ever hear the word conscience? It's so important because it says that their conscience also bears witness to them. That when you do what's right, see, God instilled something supernatural. Look it up yourselves. Like I said, I'm trying to hurry up. But look it up yourselves about conscience. And if you ask all the doctors and on this earth what a conscience is, that nobody can explain exactly what it is because it's inherent in every human being that they have it They don't know where it is. They don't know how to control it. They don't know how to... So they think it's in the brain and they have all these technical... And I was reading and reading and I got really smart reading it. I got so intelligent reading it, Charles. I was was reading giant words and I said, man, if I start talking like this, people up there will think I'm really smart. But you know what? Those big words meant nothing because they were just scientists trying to figure out what a conscience is and they know everyone has it. And what it is, they said, it's an, 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 an inherent... I mean, it's inherited in you, uh, um, a moral code that you know what's right and wrong. And everybody has it. Where do you think it was written from? In your hearts by God. And everybody has it. That's why there's not going to be any excuse at the judgment seat. Because God's going to say, I gave you my word and it was in your conscience that you knew it was true. I haven't met many people, if any, Zach, that they've come to church, whatever, they heard the preaching and they denied what they heard. They just denied that they don't want it. Or they, they just said they heard and, they, and it convicted them. Something spiritual was happening inside, but they didn't want to obey it because there's confusion going on inside their minds. There's confusion going inside their hearts. And the God of this world, Satan, will do anything in his power to get someone not to believe, no matter what it is. And if someone's close to believe, he'll give them money. He'll give them spouses, girlfriends, boyfriends, jobs. He'll give them anything because it's all his to give in the world just to keep you from it. It's an amazing thing when you think about it. The God, the, the God's law is written in our hearts. Conscience. It's a moral sense. It's an inerrant ability to, in every human, human being to perceive what is right and what is wrong. Inherited by our creator, the author. Amen. The author of our faith. Who? The author of our Who for the joy that was set before him cross the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising the shame and is because of that he has sit down at the right hand of god ever making intercession for us he became he who is god became man to be put inside the law put inside the word that he had to obey its own writing he wrote it and then he had to obey it because it cannot be broken he became subject to it tony He wrote from the beginning to the ending and then he became one of us and he had to be subject to it just like we are. And that's an amazing thing in in and of itself. Next verse, please. 2 Corinthians 4.18 While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. I don't know why you're there so soon. What happened to John 10.35? Who's got John 10.35? 
No one's got John. How about Romans 1, 16 and 17? Nobody's got John 10, 35? Okay. And then you just read what was did you read? Okay, you're ahead of me. I'm just I'm just slower than where we're supposed to be. I want you to think about this before we move on. Conscience means consciousness. Being aware of yourself. Amen. That's what they say life is, is when you are when a, a human being is is self aware. They're aware of their surroundings, they're aware of their needs, they're aware of, right, they're self-aware so they can go out and build a need because, but having a conscience means self-aware of God, that God is. And that's why it says that God is. Amen. Yes, Michelle. We have a conscience in God's Well, okay, amen to that. But if we truly want to know God, we can. Please listen. If we truly want to know God, we can. And we can know God in such a way that has never been possible before or could never be possible. And he is made that way through him because he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And no man can come to the Father but by him. Amen? Because he's the creator and the author and the finisher of our faith. And so therefore, when she just read, could you read 2 Corinthians 4.18 for me one more time, please? While we look at not, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Could you turn them out, not mic up, Brian? I, can, I could not hear until I put my ear up to that microphone. You heard her back there. Amen. Amen. Must be because I'm here. So he says, as we look on the things that are not seen, that conscience, that faith. It says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. You listening? And the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things you can't see. Know what you can't see? You can't see God. Know what you can't see? You can't see truth. Know what you can't see? You can't see love, but you know it's real. You can't see anger, but you know it's real. You can't see hatred, but you know it's real. And if, just like those emotions you can't see and you believe in hatred... And you believe in love. But God is love. He's the creator of it all. He's the author of it all. And if in a book, Brian, we remember uh, seeing um, um, whatever his name was from Living Waters. What's his name? Ray Comfort. He, he wrote, a, he had a, goes out and, and went to scientists at a, at a college and, and said, opens up a book with beautiful pictures of flowers and all this. And he said, is it possible that someone never, that nobody wrote this book, that it just showed up? And they said, no, that's impossible. Every book has to have a creator, you know, an author. And he left. He said, well, what is your genes? And they say, it's a book of life. They, that, that scientists know that your genes delegate and your genes tell everything about you, what color your eyes, what color your hair. Every, it's a written book. And they, he asked me, he said, so who wrote that book? And none of the professors could say, talk because they all believe in, like you were saying, science. They believe in this, but they don't believe, they won't believe. I shouldn't say that. They will not believe in the creator, even though everything points to a creator that created all this. It's just amazing to it. I don't have time to get in it. But what we, it says the author and the finish of our faith has shown us who believe, right? We do believe. So we get to see his beginning, his, his, what's happening now, and we get to see his end, ending. We see, we hear, but we must believe the evidence that's set before us. Because faith is the evidence of things not seen. 
I've never seen God, but I know he's real. There's evidence in my life. There's evidence in your life. And you've got to let that faith, I'm almost done. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Through faith, my faith, I don't know about your, my faith is in God and in Jesus Christ, his son. I know the gospel of my salvation. First Ephesians 1.13, it says, In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. The gospel message that the creator, the author, came down and came part of the story and he and only he could redeem fallen man and through him we have eternal life and forgiveness of sin and he promises by his word he's going to give us a new body, we're going to live with him forever, he's got amazing things in store for us. Just the promises of God are not through the law but through faith. Who has Romans 3.13? Romans 3.13, is that you Brian? Well, there is. 4.23. Oh, no, I have 4.13. Okay, you have Romans 4.13? I thought it was 4.13. Or is it 2 Corinthians 4.13? I, I thought you told me Romans 4.13. Who has Romans 4.13? What do you have? Go ahead, read it, please. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but the, through the righteousness of faith. The promises that he gave Abraham, that man, weren't through the law and being good and keeping it. It was only through the promise of faith. Abraham was given the word of God and, God, and he believed God. And God accounted it to him for righteousness. Our righteousness comes through faith. Everything comes through faith. Um, our salvation comes through faith. Our righteousness comes through faith. Our eternal life comes through faith. Our resurrection comes through faith. Our fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace all come through faith. Everything is a faith. Amen? So, how important is your faith? Yeah, it is. Next verse. Romans 14, 23. I think somebody has it. Whatsoever is not a faith is sin. You know why? Because the author... Yeah, she's going to read. Because the author wrote that it, you have to... The just shall live by faith. And if you don't have faith, if you don't believe God, what you're saying is, you're a liar, I don't believe you, and you're calling him evil, and therefore, you, that's a sin, amen? Next, uh, read Romans. We're going to save Luke 18, 8 for last. Romans 16, 26, please. Who has Romans? I have uh, 2 Corinthians 14, Romans 16, 26. Who has it? Huh? Raven. Oh, Raven has it. All right, somebody want to read it real quick? I'll, I'll read it. Okay. Romans sixteen twenty six. says this. Now, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandments of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. God is made known to all of us by the scriptures, that we need to be obedient by faith to the book. Because we believe in the author, amen? amen? We believe in the finisher. We believe in God. We believe in Christ. We believe this word. So what should we do? Be obedient to the, the book, amen? amen? Be obedient what it says. Next verse, 2 Corinthians 4.13. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Amen. Next verse, Galatians 3, 7 and 9. 
Know ye therefore that Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. So then that so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Everything that God promised Abraham is only through faith. Every promise of this book is only through faith. Your salvation of you not going to hell and being judged for everything you've done is only by faith. Your eternal life and in time with heaven is only by faith. Your relationship with God is only through faith. Your everything that God promises you is only through faith. Can I get an amen? Amen. Therefore, how important is your faith? Last verse, Lori's going to read it. And this verse, I want you to pay attention because Jesus is speaking. And they ask him questions about when you're coming back, what's going to happen at the end of the world. And this is very important. Please pay attention. Luke 18.8. Luke 18. Correct. Okay. I will tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, Shall he find faith on the earth? Shall he find faith when he comes back? If he was to come today, would he find faith in you? The faith you have right now, does it mean you're going to have the faith, that faith next year? Satan's trying to sift you. Everything's trying to, the tempter's trying to tempt you. This church should be packed full right now on a Wednesday night. Where's their faith? See, that's what it is, is, the devil's going to get you to believe it's okay. You don't need to read every day. You don't need to pray. You don't need to go to church, really. It's okay. You're saved. You're all right. And it's by faith that we receive everything. So just say, you may, you may get to heaven. But when you get there, everything that God wanted you to have, you didn't get because of your lack of faith. Faith is so important. And Jesus said, when he comes back, will he find faith on the earth? Lori said, pray for America. This country used to be a land of faith. Everyone believed in God. Almost 98% of America believed in God. Now it's below 50%. What happened? Better question, what about what happened to you? Did, when did you receive your faith? You were born with it. When did you put your faith in the Son of God, in the cross of Calvary? When did you put that faith in Him and Him alone? See, the devil will confuse you and say, it's religion. You've got to go to church, and you have to be good, and you've got to put money in the plate, and you've got to do this, like I saw Michelle do earlier. That's all Catholic. None of that's in this book. It's all made up by a religion. You know? So people think they do the rosaries. The, that none of that. God doesn't want any of that. He wants your faith in his son, Jesus, and Jesus alone. Not Jesus and, because that's, that will, the Bible says you'll fall from faith if it's Jesus and. It's no end, it's just Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Don't put your faith in religion, don't put your faith in good works, don't put your faith in anything else but the shed blood, the crucifixion of the Son of the living God, the author who came down, stepped out of heaven into the womb of Mary to be born as a man and to be written in and under the word of the authority of his own word. He could not break it. He could not break it, Tony. It was written. And I'm telling you right now, if you read the book, you'll see that at the end of time, 
It says that everyone's going to stand before the judgment seat. And it says, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And everyone has a chance to get in. It's only by faith. Amen. Yes, Donna. Correct. And he can't change yours if, if you really have it. And that's why it says, we, by the faith you have, you have to cultivate that faith. You have to get stronger in your faith. Especially as the day grows longer and that more sin abounds and Satan, more devils are out there, more diseases are out there, more, uh, uh, you name it, is out there. Can I get an amen to that? It's more, way more than it was when we were kids. I feel sorry for these young people. So much temptation out there, right in their phone. They can get any kind of evil there is. And the truth of the matter is, is we need more faith, not less. So cultivate your faith. Do the things that you need to do to keep your faith. Because I'll tell you right now, greater men than me and you have fallen away from faith. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Almighty God in heaven, our Father, in the name of the Lord, the name of the word of God, the name of Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. And in him and him alone we trust. He is the creator. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning, the end. All of our faith is in him and him alone. We trust you. We put our hearts in your hands. We put our souls in your palms of your hands. We give ourselves to you because you have already shown us how much you love us by what you did on that cross. No God that's ever been created by man has died for them. We, other religions say that you have to die for their God. Our God died for us. Shed his blood for us, for me and you. Lord, there's no greater love than this. You are to be trusted. You are to have all of our faith. And we thank you for loving us the way you did. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And we put our faith in him and how he has manifested himself to us. How he's written our names in the book of life. How that we have the spirit of life. How you've given us knowledge and wisdom and instruction. You kept us safe from so many things. Lord, deliver us, I pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Please be with everyone tonight. Strengthen what they heard. Help them to have more faith tonight. Help them to be aware of things and help them to live their lives accordingly. I pray, Lord, get us home safely. Be Bless each one. I pray that everyone that can will come back Saturday and go out door hang, put in door hangers out so we can get the light of the glorious gospel to every home in Aston. I pray Sunday the house would be full of the people of faith and that you would be here with us and minister and move the hearts and minds of your people and have your will and way, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.